Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Buongiorno, hello. This is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. We are delighted to have Professor Attilio Scienza again for another of our educational podcasts. This time, the episode will bring you on a journey around Sicily, where Attilio will discuss four distinctive wines and grape varieties. Narello Mascalesi, Zibibbo, Malvasia di Lippari and Frappato. Now, in case you've forgotten, Professore Attilio Scienza is Italy's leading vine genetic scholar. He's published widely on the topic and on the subject of wine more generally in books and articles. He's also the chief scientist of the Vinitaly International Academy and author of a recent book called La Stirpe del Vino. The book was published in 2008 by Sperling and Kupfer and it's about the family ties among grape varieties. Like we did for the previous podcast with Professor Scienza, we will speak in Italian and will then record an English language translation of this episode. By the way, you can find all the podcasts involving Attilio Scienza in our series Italian Wine Essentials. You can access it on both SoundCloud and on our official website. Welcome, Attilio, for another episode of the Italian Wine Podcast dedicated to beautiful Sicily and to four of its characteristic wines and grape varieties. Narello Mascalese and Frappato, the wines coming from the mainland of Sicily, so to speak, and wines from the islands around Sicily, Zibibbo and Malvasia di Lipari. Good morning, Monty, and good morning to all our listeners. Let's start by talking about two grape varieties which are also genetically linked, Narello Mascalese and Frappato. Narello Mascalese in particular is the famous variety that belongs to the Etna Rosso denomination, an Italian wine region which is on the rise at the moment. So, Attilio, could you please explain where this connection between Nerello Mascalese and Frappato comes from? And can you please tell us something about their areas and history? Both the Nerello Mascalese and Frappato varieties are the progeny of Sangiovese and Mantonico. They are part of a very large group of vines from southern Italy that also include other non-Sicilian varieties, such as the Galeoppo from Calabria. Norello Mascalese is the main Etna vine, and together with a small percentage of Norello Cappuccio vines, these make up the foundation for the DOC Etna Rosso and Etna Rosso Reserva. It is cultivated in volcanic soils of pyroclastic origin, so soils that do not originate from the disintegration of lava, but rather from the eruption of inert materials. Its cultivation ranges from 300 to 800 metres. Etna is characterised by a variety of environmental conditions that are determined by two variables, altitude and exposure. There are four fundamental exposures, the northeast, south, southwest and west. The most famous of these four exposures is that of the northeast, around the Pisciaro Pass, Passo Pisciaro. This is where one can find the ancient viticulture of Norella Mascalese. It is here that one can still see pre-phylloxera strains, meaning ungrafted vines. Etna has had a great enological fortune. Shortly after the arrival of phylloxera in Europe, 
since this insect found its way to Etna and other Italian territories much later than it did France, the Etna region wine supplied French markets for a long time, until France reformed its vineyards. These circumstances were extremely advantageous for the Etna territory, and Etna could really develop an enormous viticulture enterprise, producing these wines for export. Nerello Mascalese is a vine characterised by good productivity, and the wine that is obtained is rather dull colour-wise, but this is the case with all the progeny of Sangiovese with respect to tannins. Even if they are a bit rough and a bit, so to speak, harder in their youth, they do soften and become very interesting. They acquire very particular taste expressions, which almost gives this wine a Nordic character, besides its elevated production. It is also a wine that is characteristically a little thin, with a very elegant aroma. Certainly, perhaps a little different from the Mediterranean models of wines that we have. It is a vine that almost only grows on Etna. Unfortunately, attempts to cultivate it outside this territory have failed, and this says a lot about the close, harmonious relationship of this vine with its original environments and its cultivation from ancient times. The oldest information about this vine dates back from the end of the 18th century and the beginning of the 19th century, when the Sicilian ampelographers of that era, such as Jeremiah, described a series of varieties which they defined as Nirelli, and which are also part of the ampelographic platform of Calabria. There is a close connection between the Sicilian Nirelli and the Calabrian Nirelli. The definition of Nirello identifies a wine that has a light colour, because Nirello is a diminutive in terms of colour. The wine it produces is, as I said, Etna DOC and Etna DOC Superiore, wines that are greatly expanded at this time. This is the case in terms of maturity, in terms of communication, and it is also greatly appreciated on the foreign markets for its peculiarity. Its characteristics are quite different from the normal Mediterranean vines. It is aged in wood. It is traditionally aged, just like wines used for cooking a roast, or wines that have a long preservation period. And the interesting thing about this wine is that over the years, after reaching a certain age, it maintains a precise character and develops very particular tertiary aromas. It is very interesting and there is a pronounced minerality to it. Thanks, Attilio. Let's move on to another son of Sangiovese, Frappato. By the way, let me remind our listeners that if you'd like to dig deeper into the history, origin, and progeny of Sangiovese, you must tune in to episode 196 of this podcast. Let's talk about Frappato now. Frappato is the brother of Norello and is grown in a small area in southwestern Sicily in the territory of Syracuse between Notto and Vittoria. The soils of this area are of marine origin. The ones in the inner parts are older and the ones in areas closer to the sea are more recent. These are soils characterised by a high percentage of sand. Moreover, these are very loose soils with a reddish colour that identifies a particular origin. This is due to the runoff of calcium-based compounds and carbonates that have seeped into the parts underneath. When soils are in the process of losing calcium, the iron dioxide presence gives the soil a rusty colour and the pH becomes a sub-acid pH. So it is a very special soil with a climate that I would say is very severe. The climate is very hot, particularly in certain areas that are some of the hottest in Sicily. Here, viticulture is not very extensive. Frappato is a vine that does not have the importance of a Norello or Nero Davola, but it has a very modern characteristic from the point of view of the wine from which it is produced. Two DOC wines are produced, Frappato di Notto and Frappato di Vittoria, and Cerasuolo di Vittoria. In this case, Frappato is not vinified alone, but is vinified with Nero Davola. 
It is a vine that is not very productive and has low fertility, so it is not favoured by winemakers, and for this reason it has a fairly limited cultivation area. It is a vine that also has difficulties in its productive expression. It has become quite uneven over the years, it does not maintain its productivity year after year, and it is a vine that gives rise to light-coloured wines. But they are very fragrant, because its aromatic heritage contains terpenes, linalool or geraniol, that give the wine a very precise aromatic sensation. I would say it's very fine. It is a wine very suitable for aperitifs and appetizers, and also for some fish dishes where the tomato might be an important component, meaning suitable for marine, marinara, seafood dishes, where the fish is the main ingredient. The soils, as I mentioned before, are of marine origin, with a small area also of volcanic origin. But this is a very small area compared to that of marine soil. These are soils that have a thin, viable layer because of the alluviation, that is, drainage of the calcium chromate at the depth of 70 to 80 centimetres. This creates an impermeable layer of limestone that must be broken down before you begin to plant something. Therefore, practising viticulture is quite difficult in this area. Out of curiosity, do we know the etymology of the name Frappato? No. Unfortunately, unlike Fenarello, we do not understand the origin of the word Frappato. Many people have tried to research its etymology, but they have not been able to come up with an answer. The interpretations are very imaginative, and are often the result of expressions from local dialect, rather than from the true history of the word. Great. Let's move on to the wines and grapes grown in some of the islands around mainland Sicily. Malvasia di Lipari and Zibibo, also known as Moscato di Alessandria. Yes, the islands of Sicily are basically assembled in two areas, Pantelleria in the channel of Sicily between Sicily and Africa, and then there is a group of the Agadian and Aeolian islands located to the northeast of Sicily in the Tyrrhenian Sea. They are all volcanic islands, although very different from the point of view of Origenesis. Pantelleria is an island that has had recent volcanic eruptions and is essentially made up of consolidated basaltic magma, meaning all volcanic matrices are of basaltic origin, and the land originated from the degradation of this basalt. The soils are quite deep and very rich in terms of mineral components. In some respects, they have clay that is very similar to the clay that is on Etna. The soil can soak up water during the rains, then deal with the clay during the summer months. This allows for the cultivation and survival of Zabibo vines, the main variety on the island, and a vine that can endure prolonged periods of drought. Zabibo is also called Moscato di Alessandria, and is the son of a cross between Moscato Bianco and a vine of Greek origin that is called Efta Corillo. This vine, however, has different names in Sardinia as well as in other areas. So it is a classic Mediterranean vine that gave rise in the cross with Catarato to Grillo. A recent cross, Grillo is the result of a cross between Zibibo and Catarato obtained at the end of the 1800s and early 1900s by Baron Mendola. For a long time, this Grillo was a key component along with Catarato and Inzolia and formed the basis for Marsala. Moscato di Pantelleria o Zibibo is cultivated in many European Mediterranean areas. It is found in Turkey, it is found in Greece, it is found in France, Spain and also in Calabria, where it almost always gives rise to sweet wines, obtained by overripe or withered grapes. 
is a grape very rich in terpenes. This creates the basis of its aromatic profile. It is very rich in nerol and citronol, which are two terpenes that characterize the sensory profile of this wine for a series of descriptors that include, among others, dried rose, as well as other descriptors that range from floral to sweet. The cultivation technique of this vine is unique because this vine is grown with the Alborello training system, but in a virtually horizontal form. Roots find their way into the cracks in the pits in the ground to protect their vegetation from the salty wind. Pantelleria is an island, so it is constantly beaten by winds from different directions, from Libeccio to Scirocco. And if the vines did not have this protection within these pits, the vegetation would be severely damaged. Production is not very high, even though the Sibibo vine is quite important and produces decent-sized berries. It is also considered a table grape. What matters most is the technique of processing this vine. I believe it to be what was spoken of in Hesiod's work Le Opera e i Giorni, Works and Days, where Hesiod describes the ways to produce a sweet wine in Greece where he worked. What is this technique? Well, Pantelleria has quite similar geological characteristics, being a rather small island and the result of several volcanic eruptions, but it has profoundly different climatic characteristics in its various parts. The westernmost part is known as the early part, while the eastern part and the areas of greatest latitude are called the later part. Late or early refers to ripening times, which can be as much as a month and a half between the early and late zones. In those that are early, the grapes can ripen towards the end of July, while in those that are so late, the grapes ripen at the end of August and the beginning of September. In the early areas, the grapes are harvested when they are ripe, and from these a wine is obtained via traditional white vinification. In the meantime, the grapes in the later areas are harvested and left to dry. The grapes are dried in the sun. The drying process lasts about 20 days, after which the raisins are shelled and added to the wine that has just finished fermenting. This involves a transfer of sugars and aromas, also due to the effect of the alcohol in the wine where this grape is immersed. After a certain period of time, the whole grape is separated from the wine, which, in the meantime, has been enriched with aromas and sugar. And this is important because the wine obtained is a stable wine. Stable for its high alcohol content, its high sugar content. The sugar content can reach very high levels, 30 to 35% sugar, thus guaranteeing a fragrance, a softness, but above all, a preservation of the aroma. When an aromatic wine is fermented and dries, it is difficult for this wine to maintain its varietal characteristics, because during fermentation these terpenes are strongly degraded. Therefore, they do not remain because they are not linked to sugars. Only linked to sugars do these terpenes maintain this aroma and therefore this fundamental characteristic. In the past, this wine was also obtained by mutilating the must, a must that fermented partially by adding alcohol and therefore this Pantelleria wine was obtained. It was very fashionable in the 50s and 60s. It was a very stable wine from a physiochemical point of view. Very pleasant, but this was certainly not a southern viticultural expression. It was more of a French viticultural expression, because French sweet wines are not made in the same as we do, that is, only using dried grapes that are added to the wine. So after this phase, the consumer started to reject this model of wine obtained by alcoholization. So after this phase, the consumer started to reject this model of wine obtained by alcoholization, and we finally moved on to the production of Pesito di Pantelleria, to this very important DOC, one that naturally has its own market of fans, even if in this moment, unfortunately, sweet wines are going through a difficult phase with respect to their consumption on a daily basis, because they are rich in alcohol and in sugars. There are problems of a dietary nature, 
It is not easy to place this wine in a food context. What do you consume it with? With what food? Who still thinks of them as meditation wines? However, it is a very important product from a historical point of view and for what it evokes about Mediterranean culture. In these years, also because of this commercial difficulty of sweet wine, we started to produce dry Zabibo wines with great success. These wines are having great success not only in Pantelleria, but also on the mainland in the Masala area. And this is because the modern winemaking technique is able to vinify this grape without the grape being transformed into a wine with bitter characteristics, as is usually the case with Muscat. And they have a good aromatic fragrance and are highly successful with respect to the elegance of their sensory qualities. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Attilio. Now, let's sail to the island of Lipari to talk about Malvasia di Lipari. Another important sweet wine of Sicily is the one produced in the Lipari Islands, which takes its name from one of the islands, from the largest of these islands, the island of Lipari. It is also produced on other islands such as Vulcano or Stromboli. This vine is really a vine we can say is ubiquitous to the Mediterranean. Leipzig Malvasia is cultivated with a different name in Dubrovnik on the Adriatic coast. Leipzig Malvasia is cultivated with a different name in Dubrovnik on the Adriatic coast. It is called Dubrovnik Malvasia. It is cultivated in Bianco, this town on Locride, where it is called Greek in this case, so it is White Greek. It is cultivated with a different name in Bosa, Sardinia, where it is called Malvasia di Bosa. It is cultivated in Sitges, which is an area of southern Spain, or it is cultivated in the Canary Islands with the name of Malvasia, and also with other names, but always with Malvasia. This is a vine of Greek origin, which was probably spread by Greek settlers first, but on the northern coast of the Adriatic, and then taken by them to southern Italy and other parts of the Mediterranean where it is grown. It is a vine that is a bit capricious in its production characteristics. It has very sparse bunches that allow this vine to dry out. Usually the withering is done on the plant as opposed to other ways from which you get sweet wine. There are also some experiences of drying grapes on mats in the sun, but it is a variety that withers because of the characteristics of having rather small berries and a rather thin bloom. Let's say this method allows you to have good drying in a very short time and therefore it creates a special elegance. It belongs to the great family of Malvasia. There are about 30 Malvasia that are cultivated in Europe. Most of them are cultivated in Italy. It cannot be defined as an aromatic Malvasia. It has a very subtle aroma, very fine, and is certainly not comparable to many other Malvasia that have these aromas of Muscat. It produces two types of wine, a sweet wine that is very elegant, not aromatic, with particular characteristics. I would say not cloying, it does not give very sweet wine, it gives wines that have good acidity, that have good balance. Therefore, they are almost savoury food wines, not dessert wines. Then it also gives origin to dry wines. Therefore, and importantly, it allows for the possibility to provide an interesting product due to the non-drying, to the vinification of this wine in such a natural way, without drying. The soils where it is cultivated are pyroclastic volcanic soils, very different from those of the island of Pantelleria, where instead, soils are the result of disintegration of basalts. In this case, they are soils formed by the explosion of the volcanic openings, and by the exit of these light materials, pumice, ash, pozzolana, that is all the materials I would say that constitute very, very light soils. Very, very light soils where the root part of the plant can go deep. But in summer it can have some problems since it, 
but in summer it can have some problems since it is not indifferent to drought. The ancient form of farming used to avail of a small pergola where the vegetation was grown horizontally so as not to go against the wind as the wind could ruin the foliage. Now we are looking for forms of espalier training, trying to put the vineyards in a position that the wind reaches them in a lesser way, not hitting the canopy directly. Having a good arrangement was very important. The lower trees were very onerous to deal with, while espaliers were manageable. This is of course a wine that is produced in small quantities. It is a hidden viticulture which mainly feeds a local market, a market characterised by local consumption both for restaurants and guests visiting these seaside resorts, and for tourists who want to take a few bottles home. The quantities are very modest. The production of dry wines partially solves the problem of sweet wine and the commercial difficulty of sweet wines in general instead of always using the same variety. Alternative winemaking techniques are being tried, through the use of amphora for example, and much longer macerations than normal ones. The vinification technique is an ancient technique, but certainly not as complicated as the production of Moscato di Pantelleria. In this case, after pressing, producers wait for the cap to rise, so there is a small phase of maceration on the mark after which the wine is drawn off and stored away from the mark. However, a beautiful amber colour remains and there is a wine scent that is extracted from the skins with these maceration techniques. The wine is secured by a DOC. The DOC protects the origin, the cultivation techniques, the winemaking techniques. This is certainly a wine that has no problems with respect to sophistication because its production is so small that there is no need for great protection. It is a very interesting wine with regards to its aromatic profile, because it is perhaps one of the few sweet wines that is characterised by this ripe apricot perfume, so to speak. It is instantly recognisable when you put your nose to this wine, and you are almost attacked by this strong apricot scent. Then of course, this aroma is accompanied by a whole series of other aromas, the typical Mediterranean aromas, thyme, oregano. All very important characteristics that make this a truly authentic southern wine that was born out of ancient cultural traditions. Attilio, can we talk a little bit about the origin of the name Malvasia? The etymology of grape varieties is always very interesting and provides material for fascinating stories. Like all Malvasia, the origin of the name comes from a place in Greece, which was discovered by the Venetians during the Fourth Crusade, when the Venetians had offered to transport the Crusaders to the Holy Land, and on that occasion, we are more or less in the early 1200s, militarily occupying most of the ports in the eastern Mediterranean. Certainly the Venetians had not offered this service free of charge, but they thought that by transporting these troops they could build a network of locations that they could rely on for their trade. One of these places was called Monobassos. Monobassos in Greek means a port with only one entrance, because it had this important characteristic of being a port from which one entered on one side, but had the option of being covered on two sides depending on the direction of the wind. And when the Venetians arrived near this port, they noticed the quality of the wine that was produced and shipped from that port. They immediately began to think of a use for this wine. The climate in Europe was very difficult. This was at the beginning of what was called the small medieval glaciation. And of course, the rich markets of the north needed a sweet wine, alcoholic, medicinal, as the Venetians called it, to replace the wines that did not hold until March. They would expire, turning into vinegar. Thus, Venice took advantage of the great trade opportunities. Venice, however, had to produce an enormous quantity of this wine, and so it began to produce in Crete. Crete became an enormous vineyard. 
But Crete around 1600 was regained by the Turks and Venice had to relinquish it, leaving this island. They lost the great vineyard while Malvasia was produced. But Venice could not give up the Malvasia market and therefore a whole series of wines produced on the two coasts of the Adriatic Ford, the eastern and western, using an enormous number of vines. These had the characteristics similar to those of the original Malvasia. At that time, all these varieties had different names before the Venetians arrived. Now they were suddenly all called Malvasia. The reason for this was that the wine gave the vine its name, not the other way around. And among these Malvasias, there is also Malvasia della Lipuri, but there are many others. Malvasia di Candia, Malvasia di Candia Aromatica, Malvasia di Schirano, Malvasia Istriana, Malvasia Rossa. There was an enormous number of varieties that all suddenly became Malvasia to produce this wine which Venice fed its great northern European market. The Lipari belongs to a group of lucky varieties because through this rich trade with northern Europe, it was able to maintain its identity and presence in the Mediterranean. Fantastic. We are now at the end of this episode and as usual, I would like to thank our guest Professor Attilio Scienza for this amazing journey in the history, geography, geology, and winemaking tradition of Sicily through four iconic wines and grape varieties. Narello Mascalese and Dietna, which are very trendy these days. Frappato, grown in the south of Sicily in the areas of Noto and Vittoria. The Passito di Pantelleria wine, made with Zibibo grapes, which carries an ancient tradition of viticulture and winemaking. And finally, Malvasia delle Lipari, grown in another unique island of Sicily. Thank you very much, Attilio. We look forward to having you on the show again soon. Goodbye all. Wishing you all the best and I hope these conversations will help you understand the complexity and richness of Italian wine. See you soon. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Discovering the true essence of high quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 